This is how we chill from 93 till, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Tammy's off to Rome and Fulham are on for the championship. It's Wednesday, 18th of August. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Venetian Hunter Archer. He is! <laughs> Come on! Vichy's <laughs> in the pod. Vichy's in the pod. He's back. He's all about his business and his name is your business, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Vitushina Hantaraja has returned. He's come back from Japan and he's here today. Konnichiwa, bitches. Oh, very good. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very excited. He gave me a nice are. old hug. Yeah. Brassel gave me a nice old hug. Absolutely. You held on a little bit too long. Uh-huh. Who are you talking Feel to? Feel your keys. You, <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> um, I didn't know we, I didn't know we needed a fob to get in. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been marvellous to have you here. How was Japan? Give us a little something. Japan was lovely. Um, I didn't get much sleep and I didn't really experience too much of Japan, but I got the chance to have a lovely little Skype call with Pete Donaldson. Uh, so I had the really? full Japan experience. Yeah, it was about two in the morning. Uh-huh. We recorded a Luke and Pete show. Right. And yeah, it was when he had COVID. And I thought, this is We want to hear weird. about the Olympics. What are you talking no, about? No, I know, but because, this, because there was a point during the Olympics where I was like, you know, this is all pretty normal. And then I was alone in my room at 2am talking to Pete Donaldson suffering from COVID. I thought, isn't that normal? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that normal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He covered the BMX final, did all sorts of amazing yeah, things. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it was a brilliant thing. It was a brilliant thing. My so goodness. were you waiting for an incident like Fulham winning at Millwall to come back? You know what, there was a lot of things I thought, you know, the start of the Premier League season, fans back in, but it, yeah, it, it, it was that, yeah. I mean, that's the real start of your week, isn't it, Mark? Yeah. It is. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk about Tammy Abraham, mm. um, because he's joined Roma in a deal worth 34 million squids, and uh, he's, he's going to join up or team up with Jose Mourinho, Andy. I mean... The, Living the dream. The eternal city <laughs> with the eternal man. Yeah, and... and I- neither of them wane. No, I th- I think it's at least initially a quite good thing for Roma because um, you look at how they've needed a bit of extra investment over the over the last little while. They've yeah. been rebuilding ever since they um, got to the Champions League final and then had to have that old man clear out afterwards. Yes, and you know they've moved on from uh, Totti and De Rossi, and things haven't been going great. Now, whatever you think of M- Mourinho's capabilities in terms of coaching in terms of getting them back into the top four let alone a title challenge mm-hmm. he is prompting the owners the newish owners the freakins to spend some actual money because of course it's two new up front not just uh, Tammy Abraham but Elder Shomorodov as well so um, th- that's something they've needed for a, a little while and I think if you look at the recent history of players coming out of the Premier League and refiring their career mm-hmm. in Serie A, and obviously most of those are a little bit older Ashley than, than Tammy Abraham, Chris Smalling, <laughs> little little bit older. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's something. It's something that's pretty good. I mean, I, I suppose you could you could argue that you know moving on from Ed and Jacko's rather large wages is, is is possibly a bit of a bonus as as, as well. Yeah, but... of course, nominal Lukaku replacement Ed and Jacko. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's all happening, you see. Chelsea have apparently inserted a buyback clause into his contract. The threshold is £68 million. Vish. Have they learned 
from uh, from some other clubs, such as uh, I don't know, you think of PSG and Barcelona and so on. You think actually, he, what if he goes away and becomes an absolute superstar? Because as Maria Granovskaya said. Tammy will always be welcome back to Stamford Bridge as one of our own. <laughs> They're sort of hedging their bets. Is this Chelsea? You know, we know that they love to send their players out on loan. When they actually go, you can go for a permit. They're like, oh, actually, maybe we do care a bit more than we thought. Do you think they had detachment issues? Yeah, I think, think, I think always maybe that's the loan yeah. thing. Maybe the loan thing we think, oh, that's why they go out and do it. Maybe it's just because they love all their boys so much. Is it like when you leave home but still use your mum and dad's Sky Go? <laughs> Yeah, I like that. More of a modern reference. I was thinking more um, where you may go to your doctor's surgery. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, you haven't cha- he hasn't changed his GP details yeah, over. Exactly. Yeah. Right, still in West London. Okay, yeah. No, I'll get that. Yeah, I, I think it's a good move for town. I like it when English players go abroad, especially to you know decent clubs um, like that. And and with the, the, the great Jose Marina, who announced this... Um, this week that he'd he'd reached a record 40 days without interviews this week. Uh, amazing time where I only focused on work and forgot my friends from the press, he said. Um, and he said yesterday, I don't want Mourinho's Roma. I want a Roma for Roma fans. Has it been 40 days since he's been on TalkSport? Maybe. I know. I think that's rubbish. Isn't I think, yes. You know, he, during he, the Euros, he was... But does he I consider them say, the press? He, he, his, his effort during the Euros yeah. <laughs> went steadily down after he got that Roma job, didn't it? <laughs> you, you know, we, we all talk about, and I, I guess some of us like think a, a, quite hard about our our home setup. You know, now we're used to like, you know, Marcus's garden and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Jose Mourinho's like utility room or whatever it was, was the ultimate flex. Do you think? It was incredible. Did you not see what was on the shelves? All I the don't... trophies that were on the shelves. Oh, well, that's fair. Well, I didn't say it was unfair, but it's quite a flex. I, I, saw, I saw a couple of videos where he was like laid back on his couch. And he, was he that free that he was doing like the, the midday babe station shift? Of <laughs> lying on the couch, he was a bit... The the um the, the the quote about Roma's Mourinho I thought was quite funny because all I could think about was like yeah obviously you know no, Roma. Mourinho's Roma yeah Mourinho's Roma yeah. <laughs> it'll never be the other way around yeah by the sorry way. Yeah. <laughs> even he would go well, that's a bit far <laughs> yeah I mean Rome wasn't built in a day but it can be pulled apart in a season and a half couldn't it <laughs> I, just like back to to Tammy though um I was really surprised that there wasn't much of a clamour for him and and I think I think actually I think there was. I think there were some places that were reporting there were five Premier League clubs after him. But I think it was Arsenal Spurs, yeah. um, West Ham, Aston Villa and Crystal Palace. And I wondered actually if part of the motivation to moving over to Syria or just moving overseas in general is that it's a lot easier to keep that elite tag. I think generally English players prefer it because you're less under the the harsher glare of, of, of British football media, as it were. Yeah, yeah. well, and, it worked for Sancho, didn't it? Yeah, massively. Albeit yeah. from a different point in his career. Yeah. yeah. But then also you get that benefit of, you know, you would say that Italy at the moment, Serie A at the moment, they don't really have the behemoth clubs and you can probably throw Juventus, the current iteration of Juventus mm-hmm. in that. And I think, therefore, you get treated more for your talent, really, at face value rather than the gravitas you might bring to that particular team or any kind of um, profile that you would have built up in, in England, per se. And, I, I, you know, I wonder if they'll, you know, Mourinho, obviously he's a bit more in tune with English football, but I wonder if he just has to see him as as a Tammy Abraham for, for what he does. Because if you look at the season before last, so 2019-20, I think it was, I'm getting, probably getting my dates mixed up, but, you know, when Lampard's season yeah, that's right, yeah. was there. So, what, he got 15 goals. He probably should have had double that, to be fair. Mm. 
because I think Lampard he, liked him. He played him a lot. Yeah, and, like, and, and, and first top flight season for Chelsea. Yeah, that that's excellent, especially yeah. a, a relatively transitional Chelsea side. I mean, the thing is, I think from an Italian perspective, you maybe look at that and think that is an awful lot of money for Roma to spend on a striker. Well, certainly yeah. post Patrick Schick and the mess that that transfer was. Oh, but, that was absurd, especially after the Euros. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but like, it's what you have to pay for someone who scores that amount of goals yeah. in the Premier League. But what you were saying, Vish, about those English clubs that were interested in him, top half of those clubs, in, in terms of status at least, Chelsea don't want him to go there. Bottom half of those clubs, he doesn't want to go yeah. there. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. the issue really, isn't it? Yeah. And I think as well, that idea that if he does go abroad, that if he does actually suddenly become this world beater, it's more likely that Chelsea would get him back. Well, as good, we've seen with someone like Lukaku. If happens, well, because if Lukaku yeah. becomes a world beater at Manchester United, and some, I mean, it wasn't terrible there, as I say, but he didn't become the, quite the player. It was really into where he really Pete Lukaku, of, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. If, if he does that at Manchester United, he's not going back to Chelsea. Mm. Whereas yeah, yeah. at a, a foreign side, then where they would probably a need or, or appreciate the money a bit more, and also there is that kind of you know you are in a foreign country and you for for a lot of people, not everybody, but for I would say the most part, people want to live where they're from and or in the country they're from and do it there in a big league like the Premier League as well. Yeah, and I also just like to go back to the point I started to make at the beginning of my previous one um, that elite tag. I think a lot of English players really really care about that and they know how easy it is to lose and I think this isn't quite a similar example but I think you see with with how the Danny Ings transfer to Aston Villa transpired mm. whereby he makes a step down does brilliantly well but actually finds it quite hard to make that next yeah. step up yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was only because Southampton fell away at the end of last season that he was able to get this move mm-hmm. to Villa and even then like uh, with all due respect to Aston Villa I think if you told Danny Ings or if you asked Danny Ings when he started making those noises about wanting to move to a different club he wouldn't have mentioned Aston Villa at all, would it? It just happens to be no. where they are with the money they got from Grealish and, and so on and so forth. So I think what Abraham is doing there, similar, you know, mm-hmm. very much on what you're saying, he's got a few more jumping off points from yeah. Roma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where totally. he, has, he, will, he will have fewer if mm-hmm. he'd gone to one of those five. And if it doesn't clubs. work out in Roma, you can always say, oh, I didn't quite settle a different footballing culture. There's, there's these kind of things as well. They speak a little foreign over there. Exactly. Yeah. There it's was, always their fault. There was no fish and chips. Yes. Um, although we're sort of saying this in a quite negative way. When he fails, he's got his back up. Yeah. No, he's clearly not going there. He's thinking to himself, no, I quite fancy. And also, he may well want to experience a foreign country and a, and a foreign culture and all that kind of stuff. So let's uh, so let's not slag yeah, him I th- off. I think as well, when you look at players like Abraham and the generation that he's from. Mm, different, isn't I, it? I, I, it's, it's totally different. Like this trope about, uh, well, English players and English people can't adapt abroad. Well, we've had like a number of English mm-hmm. and under 30 led by Chris Smalling, including Jaden mm-hmm. Sancho. We've proved that that's nonsense. And also the way that younger people perceive football, you could argue that top bracket European teams, and, oh, okay, Roma are on the cusp, I think you can say after the last couple mm-hmm. of seasons, but they have reached the Champions League semi-final uh, very recently because of the way that lots of young people absorb football, not yeah. just by yeah, yeah, having the having the choice of so much different overseas football on television, but because they play FIFA with their mates. Yeah. I know from like say my kids and their mates and other kids' mates who are like a little bit older, like 15, 16, they care far more 
about top-ranking European teams mm. than they do about Villa or Southampton or Palace. And, mm. and that is just fact. Yeah, and it's an absolute disgrace. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the championship, gentlemen, back in good old England. Fulham uh, beat Millwall 2-1 at the Den. Fulham was scintillating. I mean, it, 2-1 should have been sort of 3 or 4-0, really. Uh, it did flatter uh, Millwall slightly, that score. I mean, we were 2-0 up within the first 10 minutes. I tell you what, the, the, the league really is Fulham's to lose. And that's a bold statement sort of this early on. But you look at some of the players they've got, some of the players that they've kept as well. I mean, I'm amazed um, Anguisa, your mate Andy, mm. has, has, has not gone anywhere. Obviously, there's, there's still time. But yeah, I was going to say, 13 days left in August. <laughs> I know, I know. But, but still, though, I would have thought he would have been snapped up. But I mean, against mm. Huddersfield, they bring him off the bench. I think you should really um, be keeping this under your hat with two weeks to go. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm not sure. If, it's not just the three of us. This is a public platform. Yeah. People I'm, people are going to listen to this. I'm not sure that international football scouts use the football ramble as a tool to sign players. But if they do, hello, how are you? Get in touch. <laughs> my, my, the lock on my front door is useless. Honestly, you give it a kick and you can walk right in there. TV just on your left. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah the There's nothing worth nicking, though. I've tried. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, with, 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 with full, I mean, you look at the, the 18-year-old Fabio Carvalho, who's obviously high, highly rated, he's suddenly, you know, making the step up to first-team action. Mitrovic is there among the goals as well. And we're big Marco Silva in charge, Andy. The picture is looking very rosy. Now, as a Fulham fan, I don't want it to look too rosy because then Silva will be off. That's the trouble. He'd be off by the end of November. So I want him to kind of <laughs> just keep him, you don't run that. away with it too much. <laughs> you say that, but um, after, well, I, I suppose you could say, quite a peripatetic early relationship with Big English words. football. Oh, what does that mean, um, Andy? In and out, up and down. Up and, up and down. Right. I, I think it, it, he needs to settle somewhere. And he spent enough time mm. out of top flight coaching that he, he knows that. And mm. I, I, th- I think for him to come back, he's not coming back to coach Fulham in the championship I think he's coming back to coach Fulham for the next couple of seasons a few of which he hopes will be in the Premier League well, and he's looking at Fulham and thinking he's looking at the team they're my vessel the, to go to, to the Premier League again. we're the vessel Yeah, give him the vessel exactly. that's all he wants he, is a vessel he, he, he didn't stay aboard HMS Watford for long enough so I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he's he's learnt his lesson yeah and he's probably bought a yearly pass well, indeed, and the vessel will be very welcome because Fulham is right on the river, of course. But exactly. But but, but when you look at this Fulham side, Vich, obviously there are some decent other sides, and we know the Championship is an incredibly entertaining league with lots of twists and twists and turns and oohs and ahs. But, if you're playing on at home, you can just tick those <laughs> off, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you would look at them and say the promotion is very much um, on the cards for this Fulham side. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I suppose that, we've said that about other teams before. I understand. Yeah, that. definitely. But but I think I think you can you can say it quite confidently about this Fulham side because I think we were talking at the back in the last season when Fulham were going down and thinking that the only challenge actually for them getting promoted back up again was who was going to stay, who's going to remain in yeah, the championship, which is always the case for a yeah. relegated. Well, the, side. the biggest question following on from Fulham last season is. Who's going to score the goals? Because it's championship, yeah. it's Mitrovic. And, and, that, and I think <laughs> there you, there you go. moving Parker on, well, I say move it, it seemed fairly mutual. Mutual, yeah. That, I think, was was key. It's quite important, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah because clearly Mitrovic wasn't, wasn't happy with Parker. And clearly Mitrovic is more important than Parker to Fulham in the championship. Let's, yeah. let's, let's be honest yeah, about that. Yeah. And if they can get Marcus Silva, which they did, I mean, you know, that, that's a proper, that's a big hitter. Yeah, one of my mates who's a Fulham fan said that it's the most exciting football he's seen in these first two game, first three games, yeah. um, you know, than anything over the last couple of years. Mm. And I suppose that's based on the fact that when Parker got Fulham back into the championship, 
he did so with quite a quite a functional way of playing. If that's you know, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Way, a politically correct way of saying mm. it. But then I think because of that was stuck between a rock and a hard place because Fulham actually played some quite enjoyable stuff last season, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't enjoyable for their fans. Yes, which is a problem. Um, Carvalho though, what a player! What incredible story though! Mm. You know, so what he was he was in played like. Youth football for Benfica, but yeah, like youth, Lisbon, yeah. youth football for Benfica because he yeah. moved over here when he was like 12 or 13. Mm. Was it that late? Was yeah, it? Okay. and then wasn't that late, but also like that early because I heard Benfica and I thought, oh, okay, so maybe like under 16 level or whatever. But he plays for England at age. Yeah, he level. does. But he um, he didn't go into an academy until quite late mm. in, in the UK. So he was playing for Ballam FC right. in like the 2020 season. Pete's 2019, got one of those shirts, yeah. isn't he? Sorry? Pete's got one of those shirts, Probably, shirts, probably. But yeah, I think that's an incredible story. And yeah. also it strikes me as like, well, how how did no one no one find him? Because, you know, they talk about South London being a hotbed of football. I assume someone would have been watching Ballum's game sure. to see, well, maybe, see this yeah. little lad. Yeah. And he's got a goal. Was it Old Trafford last at the back? Yeah. No, yeah. so he didn't get a goal. Sorry, should have got a goal at Old Trafford. Oh, sorry. yes. No, 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 he did. Yeah, but So he, he scored his first senior goal last season. He did, he? yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. I'm getting mixed up. I really wanted him to score Old Trafford. Didn't quite get there. But yes, but he's, he's, he's on the march. And it's well, a funny thing, actually, Marcus, because I've, I've talked about this before. English football has to get smarter understanding the complex nature of nationality now. Mm. So it doesn't miss out on on talent. And he's part of that. Totally. You saw the guy who played for uh, Angers at the weekend, um, Mohamed Ali Cho, mm-hmm. who um, split his time. He was born in France, but he split his time between England and France when he was a kid. He played for uh, West Ham youth for a bit and Everton youth for a bit and is, is now doing great at Angers, only, mm. only 17. Again, he's England eligible. He's played for England under-16s, I think. And he is one that should get leapt on. He says he's open to the idea of playing for England. But you think of players that have been missed out on recently, like uh, Jamal Musiala, Yunus Musa. I, th- I think the FA has to have a plan. And and other countries do. And like, like England's never had to mm-hmm. in the past. But I think there needs to be an understanding how like, th- there is a fluidity in terms of citizenship and how you feel like you know, in some cases, split loyalties mm-hmm. to countries that you have maybe a, 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 an equal relationship with. How, how do you mean they need to get smarter at it, though? Because immediately I thought of, like, gifts, and I remember, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson, when he was courting Philip Mexes, when Mexes were orgs there, just sending him Christmas cards and Manchester United shirts. And I thought, like, <laughs> you know when someone moves away and they're like, oh, can you send me Marmite? Yeah, that's do, it. Do they do like Jaffa cakes, Marmite, be- baked beans, uh-huh. Marks and Spencer's slip-ons? All that. No one wants a squashed pastel de natta that's been in the port, <laughs> been in the Brexit custom queue for two weeks. I'll take that. I need that now. Yeah, but right. but do you, but how how do you mean in terms of like being a bit smarter? Well, I, I think just be more open the, to it. I, more I, aware, I think. Is I think thing. more aware from the beginning that we have to pursue these players but that we it, might want in the future because the way that the USA got Musa mm-hmm. was by getting a coach onto him that worked with him personally that did loads of video calls with him that made him feel wanted that made him feel there was a plan for him even Yogi Love who's been really criticised in, in, in recent times for the, the, the job that he did with Germany since the, the 2018 World Cup and in some cases quite rightly um, he went to see whereas England expressed an interest in Musiala Yogi Love went and met him after buying games said this is exactly how you're going to fit in the mm. team made him feel that it was the right decision 
for him. Yeah. Right. And he must have really felt that uh, in the second round of Euro 2020. <laughs> um, uh, back to Fulham, though. There's there's a nice video of Mitrovic blowing kisses to the Millwall fans and cuffing his ear from the team coach. Also, when uh, Fabio Carvalho scored his goal, he also did the old cup um, to the ear to, to the Millwall fans. Now, I'd... I, I'm not quite sure. I mean, he may have been getting some treatment from the fans, although it was only eight minutes in. Um, but was that maybe in response to the Millwall fans booing the taking of the knee? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it'd be um, pretty good of uh, an 18-year-old to do that. Yeah, a very uh, bold move from Carl Value, but yeah, fair play to him. yeah. Um, no, that was. Uh, I mean, it happened before when fans came back for. I think it was uh, the Derby County game in, in 2020. Mm. And at the time, it was interesting because um, Gary Rowett said, I'm disappointed that we're talking about that when we should be talking about the fact that we are back and we want people to enjoy football matches again. The club does an enormous amount of anti-racism work and the club do a lot of work in the community. And there was some real positive stuff. So, of course, I am disappointed. He also went on to say that the Black Lives Matter movement, which was more affiliated with the taking of the knee during, the, during that 2020 period, was um, you know nothing, nothing political. Bear in mind, we've had all the, the whole discourse with the England team over sure. the summer. The Premier League released another video. Yeah. It couldn't be clearer what it's about. Um, and the idea that, so Rowett saying yesterday that there needs to be a, a different message. I don't think we should pander to people who are booing the knee. I don't think the point of, mm. of that gesture is to make it more palatable to people who see it as an affront. I can understand to a small, small extent after conversations I had at the end of last season that you know, Britain is a country which doesn't like to be told that it's racist and therefore the need to some people is, I suppose, doing that when, when it's not. I mean, it can be um, sure. explained better. Um, but yeah. Could, could, it, could it be explained any more clearly at this no, point? No, it couldn't. It couldn't. I, I don't, I don't, Again, I mean, I don't more than halfway. Here, but. And like, Gary Rowett has had the opportunity to, to come back from that and say something yeah. different. And, and, and he didn't. And he didn't. And um, Joby McAnuff, I thought, spoke really eloquently about it on Sky Sports. I think the way that he put it is is, is right, of course, that, that Gary Rowett can't tell people what to think. But what he can do is the figurehead of that club is condemn the behaviour. Mm. And th- that that's a real missed opportunity. We know that Millwall do incredible stuff in the community. Mm. They, they, they really do. Those but fans, that, they let them that, down that, themselves. Though, because that doesn't they, mean, as you said, the club not, does a lot. That, yeah, that, that, that doesn't mean that there's not an element of Millwall support that's, that's, that's problematic. I just find yeah. it, you, you can't you can't duck that and hide behind the community. I mean, I stuff. just find it funny that the, the the reasoning behind the booing of the knee, because if you think it's some sort of Marxist insurgency, well, take a look at the history of this country and the voting patterns and this, that, and the other. It's not happening, lads. You're okay. Yeah, you're safe yeah. from that. Um, but 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 also as well, it, it gets to the point where he's like, no, but we we don't like that particular gesture. So do you have to go to the people at Boone and go, what, what 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 gesture would you like? Yeah, do, yeah. Would it be hands on hips? Would that be? But do you know what I mean? Like, that's literally where we're at here. So I think, or, it's, ju- or just stand there and say nothing while it's happening. Yeah. Well, again, Andy, that's what. Even if you just do, show some respect for other people's views. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the that's the sort of ironic thing about it, isn't it? That freedom of speech, I should be able to say what I want. Well, yes, as as should the people doing the gesture. Exactly. Yeah, the, the disappointing thing of what with what Rowett said on on Tuesday evening after the game was that you know what I read out earlier was from that twenty twenty game where he mm. articulated his point of view very well and yeah, just I think he just let himself down. I'm, I'd be curious to see 
mm. when he comes out with later this week. Sure. Uh, elsewhere in the championship, Mick McCarthy's Cardiff got a handy point, uh, being 2-0 down uh, with seven minutes to go. And uh, Aidan Flint scored in the 83rd and 95th minute winner. Enjoyed the second one, and particularly the goalkeeper had come up for the corner, was involved in the move for the goal, which that's uh, <laughs> what we like. Uh, Mick, though, he had uh, contrasting uh, emotions in the post-match. He said, I'm disgusted at the manner in which we conceded the two goals, and we looked absolutely awful at that point. But we got ourselves something from nothing, really. So I have to be delighted. (laughs) (laughs) To be delighted. It's disgusting. It's awful. But you know, I do have to be delighted. He didn't look delighted, did he? Does he ever? I suppose he always looks on the brink of some sort of explosion, doesn't he? Yeah, well, and it was funny because both managers seemed quite sad in some uh, way after this. Darren Ferguson said, I feel for my players because it feels like a defeat. A night's sleep won't make any difference to that. You think, oh, blimey, so what, they stay up playing computer games or something? A midnight feast, perhaps, fish. Um, but when you come up against a team like that, he went on to say, who keep putting bigger players on, it becomes hard <laughs> <laughs> Right, 60 minutes, we put the six foot two guy on. <laughs> 70 minutes, yeah. we get the six foot four guy on. Where's that guy from Solihull Moors? <laughs> Pep's on the side. That's two people in a coat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when the Muppets visit Miss Piggy's office. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. They're getting bigger and bigger. How are you going to counteract that? You put your sub goalkeeper on in defence or something? I don't know. Maybe do do like the elephant in the mouth. We'll just bring bring on a smaller player. (laughs) What a tactic. They're just getting bigger and bigger. My goodness. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go for a quick break. Go around the Premier League and ask all of the Premier League managers, do you play the looky-likey game? And if they give you a boring answer, we'll drive down and we'll slap them with a wet fish. Welcome back to the Football (laughs) Ramble, everybody. Yeah, Premier League manager said that. Right, it's time for emails. Every time. A bit Roxy music, isn't it? (laughs) Lovely. This one's from uh, Sam. Uh, There's a bird poo problem by the side of my house, and I've been washing it with a power hose once a week. I also clean it off the neighbour's path while I'm at it. Only takes a minute. They haven't thanked me or cleaned it themselves yet. Should I just do my own next time? And he has a power hose and used it to clean his car last night just yards away from the bird poo. What is happening here? Why, why have like, we turned into some agony aunt? Have I been away this long? Are we yeah, pivoting? I think, yeah, I Are we think giving that's what advice? it is. Are we giving people advice? Yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah. <laughs> Should he just do it on his own next time is the... Uh... I think you. Sh- I think you should, because either they notice it or they don't. So I think maybe clean your side and leave it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then if they clean it, fine. But then the next time it happens, right. leave it on your side and see when they clean it. If they yeah. clean your side as well, uh-huh. and if they don't, get a hose full of shit and spray the house down. I would say, <laughs> I'll I'll spray and I'll spray yeah. and I'll blast the house down. <laughs> That's what I'll do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well there you are. I think that's uh, I think it's answered Sam's question. I would say, Sam, you don't give to get. So you know, come on, it's an it's a nice thing, but would you want a medal for it? All I would say <laughs> is that when, like at football grounds, when they get their grass to grow, you get those massive spotlights like people used to grow hydroponic. <laughs> when you get those on your lawn, mm. don't get another set for their lawn. Right? Yeah, yeah, good idea. That's yeah. what I'd say. Mm-hmm. 
Excellent. Greener grass. Uh-huh. Um, this is from Philippa. Is this mo- another problem? This is. This sounds like a problem, yeah. <laughs> I'm moving to a new flat in three weeks. It has a nice terrace and access to a communal garden. Should I get a cat or a dog? Ooh. Right, Philippa. So I hate cats, um, but... Is that I- right? Yeah, I can't oh, be doing okay. them. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember. I, I think I've, I've said this many times before, but ever since I heard it, I, it just rings so true. But if a cat could talk, it would lie. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can't shake that. Um, mm. And, and you know, I love dogs. And, you know, dogs are really appreciative for you being there. It's like doing a show with Pete compared to doing a show with Marcus. You know, yeah. Pete loves that you're there. Marcus sees you as a bit of a nuisance. Um, you're just kind of in the way, aren't you? <laughs> but... But cats are quite self-sufficient, aren't they? Mm. So if you've got a fl- flat, if you've got like a small space that you could need to be wary of, then probably a cat. But you see, I think the key words here are communal garden. Philippa, don't get either a cat or a dog. Get a bear and then it won't be a communal garden. It'll be yours. Oh, God, yeah. That's such a good idea. Well, no, don't get it, but just get a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... Uh, you've got to be careful, Philippa. The dog, if you're around to walk the dog... Then, then, then get the dog. But a dog is, you know, it's a bit of a commitment. Much more of a commitment than a cat. But not as m- more of a commitment than a gun. It's a bit like, yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't get on board with that. <laughs> and I'm still. Disgusted. You don't have to use it, but you just had knowing you have it. I'm still angry. If, basically, all you, you don't even need a gun. If you get a delivery guy to like deliver something that's shaped like a gun, mm. and the neighbours see it, and make sure the neighbours see it. Why should anybody believe anything that you've said, considering that you just liken me to a cat? <laughs> you lie. You can speak and you lie. You're the real cat around here. Um, I would like to bring a tweet to our attention. Now, Craig Gilchrist, email in. Email in your problems. Show at footballramble.com. But uh, he did tweet me saying he's going to the Sheaf at London Bridge on Thursday for a football meeting. What, what is a football <laughs> meeting? I don't know what that means. I, do I wear shorts or jeans? Also, do I get really drunk or do I stay professional on a school night? Need my man Marcus Speller's advice. Um, a football meeting? Yeah, I, is, he, is, he, is that Charlie Kane? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you wear the jeans and you get tipsy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the worst combination is where the shorts get hammered, isn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. But whatever you do, don't take your gun. Uh, <laughs> nobody needs that. But take your dog along. You never know. They might have a, a friendly dog policy at the sheaf. There we are. Show at footballramble.com. Uh, we're here to help you out. Right. Oh, do you want a quick Harry Kane update? Oh, yes, please. He's, tra- <laughs> <laughs> He's trained with the Spurs first team. You see, I told you he was a professional. Told you he no, he loves the club and that uh, he's got everybody's best interests at heart. So um, so that's good news, isn't it, Fish? It is, yeah, mm. yeah. I did quite like the way that um, so I think Sky Sports put out like a breaking tweet and um, people were like, "Oh, breaking man turns up the job," and someone made a good point that no, but the whole point is that he hasn't been turning up to his job. <laughs> that's why it's breaking news. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, uh, Davison Sanchez has maintained that that Kane. Or the Spurs players will have no issues uh, with Kane because he's very professional and very humble, Andy. It's good news, isn't it? Good news that he's professional and humble. Happy reunion. Yeah. It's an Ashakira lyric. (laughs) (laughs) Careful. Well, he's been included in Thursday's squad for the Europa Conference League. Maybe that's the meeting that uh, Craig's going to. It's a big Europa League conference meeting on Thursday. Um, Put him on on the bench and let him have the last five minutes. (laughs) Yes, but he clearly still wants to go. That's that's the, the, the chat, isn't it? He's accused Daniel Levy of breaking his promise that he could leave if they didn't win or finish in the top four, which... I think Levy is saying, no, no, you can go. 
they just need to pay us way over the odds for you. So has Levy got around the gentleman's agreement that way, Andy? Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's got a number of ways of getting uh, around gentlemen's agreements. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? This idea that um, Kane had this meeting with uh, Paratici and then just repeatedly told him that he wanted to leave during it. Mm. I mean, how many times can you tell someone you want to leave in a, like a 10-minute meeting? Yeah. Yeah, very true. How was your holiday? I want to leave. Yeah. I Looking forward it. to the past game. I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, there has been some European football already this week. Moldovan side, Sheriff Tiraspol. Well, let's just call them Sheriff. Uh, beat Dinamo Zagreb 3 0 last night. It's a big win, that, Andy. It's a slight surprise, you Yeah, Dinamo have got an incredible European history, really. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely huge. Can you imagine a Moldovan team in the group stage of the mm. Champions League? Well, they just, of course, need to hold on to progress to that Champions League group stage. Mm. Uh, but it's, uh, Dinamo Zagreb knocked out Spurs of the Europa League last season, of course, when they turned around that 2-0 deficit, which was which was quite something. Um, Old Sheriff have failed to qualify in 18 out of 18 attempts and have never made it past the uh, Europa League group stages, uh, or made it, never made it out of the Europa League group stage, sorry, in four appearances. Um, they have won the Moldovan top flight 19 of the past 21 years, though. So they... <laughs> Sort of in that funny place where they've really cracked it domestically. But, um, but what you're saying, Marcus, is it's a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale. It's a bit like Rangers in the 90s. They kind of got the league sewn up, but in Europe, they just can't quite, uh, can't quite do it. So, so there we are. But while we're abroad, Andy, Bayern Munich have won the German Super Cup, defeating Bruce Dortmund 3 1 in that game. I would say in the final, but it is by definition, a final. A final, yes. Yeah. You've got to win a lot of games to get there. You do have to win a fair few games yeah. to get there. So it, it, it's, yeah, it's a bit like the Confederations Cup. You know, it is, it, that the, the Super Cup, people make fun of it. You have to go through some to get there. Yeah, and it's, it's keenly contested. There's no doubt about that. It's, it, the, this the is better that... than the, the, than our version, which is the Community Shield. The Super Cups in the, the other... The, the other leagues abroad I they, think because it's a bit more it's, spice in there but because it's not played at a neutral ground that's what makes the German one also special. it's called the right. Super Cup as well we should call it the Super Shield maybe maybe Super yeah. Duper Shield so it's better than theirs exactly I yeah. think what, what, what you have to love is that when Robert Lewandowski scores against Dortmund mm. he never does this thing which oh, I have to say I've got no real time for unless you're a club legend who's like played for that club for 20 years. If it was like Tony Adams scoring against Arsenal or something like that, mm. celebrate the goal. It's just a goal. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't gone back there and been sick over hospitality. Yeah, we've or, spoken about this throughout or, the years, or though, haven't we? That, yeah. You know. I love the fact that every goal that Lewandowski mm-hmm. scores against Dortmund, he's scored 24 against them since he's left. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah, he clearly doesn't feel that bad about it. He <laughs> keeps doing it. He celebrates it like yeah. it's the best goal he's ever scored. Ooh. And I like that. And, 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 and what a goal. A goal that's something to really, really get your teeth into, Andy, eh? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a very, very unusual thing afterwards. How Julian Nagelsmann, of course, winning his first piece of silverware yeah. um, as a Bayern coach, said... Um, He's hoping to win more because I have small t- hamster teeth. <laughs> what does that even mean? He wants well, to nibble that, away. That's, that's the thing. I think it means he wants to eat something big slowly or possibly a member of no, his no, own do, family. Do, that, that, is, that is hamsters, Do guinea isn't pigs it? do that? Or is it guinea oh, is he, pigs? Do you say hamster? Yeah, it's guinea pigs, not, not hamsters. No, is no, that right? Andy, do you not think, though, that he wants to have so many trophies he's got too many in his mouth? So they're like the Super Cup he tucks into his cheek. <laughs> to sort of, you know, like chubby cheek. You know how hamsters sort of tuck food in there. If they get right. a bit hungry, there's nothing else to eat. They go, "Well, I've got that out. I've got that." Okay. We think in super cup. That's nothing to. That's nothing to really sink your teeth into. You stick that into the pouch, into your cheek. Right. And I want to eat more because. But if he doesn't win anything else, well, I can always produce the super cup and go. Well, 
Get your chops around that, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Come and have a nibble on this. <laughs> I know it's not ideal. It's been in there for a while. Uh, but maybe that's it. I, I think that makes perfect sense. Um, elsewhere in Germany, the DFB have officially disqualified Wolfsburg from the, DFP, uh, the DFB Pokal uh, for using too many subs in their first round match. How does, how does this sort of thing happen? Like, it's just such a bloody oversight. I, I think you're, you're, you're missing the next sentence. It was Mark van Bommel's first competitive match <laughs> as Wolfsburg manager. Mark van Bommel's first competitive match. He made his sixth match. substitution, which uh, happened in extra time. And the referee didn't notice either. I think, so I think the referee should be in trouble and not Wolfsburg. Just to say you can't do it. Yeah, no, no because well, that, that would right. set a terrible precedent. That would set Wolves, the other teams going, go on, let's see if he's noticed. No, but the, no, the, but the, the referee writes stuff down. Yeah. He writes down goals. He writes down when players are booked. I mean, it is Maybe he's like easy. Jay-Z. He doesn't write anything down. All off, all <laughs> yeah, off the dome piece. Exactly. <laughs> like Jay-Z, who uh, weirdly became a better lyricist as he got more money to pay people to do it for him. <laughs> <laughs> so you reckon the ref needs to pay an assistant to take down these sort of details basically is that, is that yeah, yeah i think what's the, the the amusing thing about this if if we do bring it back to van bommel mm. is wolfsburg had a very very difficult pre-season where they weren't very good and people were queuing up to say having made the champions league they're gonna have a miserable season and gets in the first competitive match he gets this performance out of the team they have to dig in a lower division side mm. to go and win the game and after going through extra time <laughs> get knocked out having actually won the game yeah I mean it's, it's a mad situation they made a similar mistake before in 2004 um, so that you know they got previous for this <laughs> but do, do you think by playing a player who's, who, who's banned in, in that case yeah sure but I mean if you're playing Wolfsburg mind how you go I'd say <laughs> Do you think this is the byproduct of I suppose the 18 months we've just had and the changes in the rule over that period of time whereby, you know, we were allowed more subs because... We have the of, feeling it's an international friendly and a free-for-all. Yeah, well, then also, like, you know, then there was the extra sub you can have in half-time and they thought, well, I mean, can we make a sub now? Probably, if like, everyone's making subs these days. I mean, there was, there was that one at Roma last year when, um, when Fonseca was under a lot of pressure and he made a sub too many in extra time of the Italian Cup against uh, La Spezia and his captain, Lorenzo Pellegrini, was telling him, we've already made our maximum amount of subs don't bring on any more <laughs> and he carried on and did it anyway sounds oh. like he's like slowly unravelling well you've brought on your blankie what are you, what are you doing there <laughs> I absolutely know um, speaking of managers though who have you know questionable tactics and uh, and, and what not uh, did you see this Andy former Schalke striker Benito Raman who played for Schalke last season I think he'd just gone to Anderlecht um, was talking about Christian Gross legendary Spurs manager and um, London Underground user. <laughs> and uh, he said, because Gross managed Schalke last season, uh, and he said of Gross... Which is still remarkable. Right? Yeah, oh, amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. I thought that, you know, you pick up a few rocks and he's like managing in Qatar or, or, or I don't know, somewhere like that. But no, he was at Schalke. Um, but Raman said about him, he didn't even know our names. Nothing happened under him. Now that's the worst bit, isn't it? No tactics... Nothing. In some games, the players took things into their own hands. We would say the coach wants us to play like this, but we're going to play like this. And that worked out, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I think, if anything, Christian Gross is simply guilty of believing in his lucky shark's tooth too much. You know, he had that uh, lucky shark's tooth that he wore around his neck. No, but it, I can it, believe it. It was, it, was, it was his tube ticket, basically, for, for last season. 
You could get through right? a lot. You could get through a lot of trophies with shark teeth, couldn't you? <laughs> that's true. But that's a bit better than hamster teeth. Yeah, rather a shark tooth than a hamster tooth. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Nagelsmann said, "I'm like a shark. I'm want to gobble up all the trophies." Going to need a bigger Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, gentlemen. I'd like to finish uh, with the news that Diego Costa is back in business. Yeah, eight months without a club. Uh, and probably, uh, you know, a lovely old time knowing Diego Costa in those eight months. He's uh, been snapped up by Atletico Mineiro on a free back in his native Brazil. And of course, that means he is going to partner Hulk up front. Old Ulke. Costa and Ulke up front, Vish. Would you like to be a centre-half against those two? Yeah, so, the, you know, it's the, the typical strike partnership, strike partnership of shit house, shitter house. <laughs> No, you wouldn't know what to do, would you? It's like, am I going to get beaten up yeah. or am I going to get taken down a blind alley and beaten up where there are no cameras? <laughs> Those are my two choices. Here. Yeah, one of, one of yeah, you, you lose the boxing match or the street fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Andy, you, you're our sort of Ulke representative having followed his career for so long and, um, and, 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 and having loved the man. Do you know how he's getting on over there? Really, really well mm. since he's since he's gone back. Um, came back from China to, to to go to Brazil. There was speculation that he'd go back to Porto for a bit, but they thought we don't want to spend mm. a, a fortune in wages on someone who's just about to turn 35. But at the age of 35, he's been so good that they're actually genuinely talking about a recall for him to the Brazilian national team. Mm. I thought he would have been ripe for the um, for the Olympics. Okay. Yeah, what, what the Gignac role? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite cool. So, Didn't like, need him, evidently. On my way back from Japan, I was on the same flight as Richarlison, Douglas Louise, and uh, Martinelli. When yeah. you say oh, this really? at the start of the show, you're going on about. Save it for the end. They've got to listen to the end for the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they get Donaldson at the start and they get Martinelli and Douglas Louise. Very with true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were very polite, actually. Very did, nice. did they eat yeah. the in-flight meals, or did they bring something of their own? I don't know. Richarlison was quite sweet because he. Um, well, you said you very know, nice. We chatting to them. No, well, I was I was in the queue with them, and they were quite sad. But you could tell they were like everyone recognised, you know, Richarlison you. and Martinelli. Oh. Mm. Douglas Weiss is a fucking cool motherfucker, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he looks suave as. But no one really knew who he was. But all like so like Dino Asher Smith and Adam Jamili and were they on the flight yeah, as well? Tom Daly were on the flight. How and were you, you could, on this flight? Royalty mate, and okay. they, you could tell they what were a cheek. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you on this flight then? Yeah, what a cheek saying he's royalty. <laughs> How dare you? But they but they were clearly like oh you know there's some footballers and you could tell Richarlison Martin he's like it's Tom Daly. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Oh, it's Dino Asher Smith. Yeah, it's, it's quite cool. Institution Hansaraj. <laughs> Did they walk up to him and go, what's Pete Donaldson like? <laughs> <laughs> Are you still guessing on the ramble? <laughs> <laughs> what a flight. What a, yeah, true enough, Vish. You are what very can you tell me about Jaden Sancho's move? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, amazed you, I'm amazed you were aware of all these people on the flight, considering in first class, you obviously they'll all be sat behind you. Well, you notice because they would just fucking walk past, don't yeah. they, when you're sat <laughs> oh, in one true. Oh, yeah, because you go in first, don't yeah. you? Yeah. I, I want my mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping uh, mask on oh look at, oh, look at your leg room just fuck off <laughs> <laughs> absolutely love that right uh, if you're enjoying our return for the brand new season then why not get over to the review section on Apple or wherever you get your pods and drop us five stars because this is five star stuff when Vish returns from Japan <laughs> that absolutely rubber stamps that but it does mean a lot to us and it will help new listeners get involved on tomorrow's show Andy and I are back with Jimmy Campbell everyone's favourite Jimmy Campbell so get your ears and hamster teeth around that. Uh, but until then, thank you very much, Andy. Thank you. A genuine pleasure having you back, Bish. Thank you, sir. A genuine joy to be back. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. See you tomorrow.
The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.